Live from Las Vegas, this is the Wayne Coy Show. Hey, hey. You know, uh, last time we got together seems like a month ago, but it was uh, it was actually last week. It was Friday, and well, we had the, the Saturday, then the Sunday, the normal weekend, then we had the Monday holiday, then we had the Tuesday, which I told you I had to take off, and now we're back, and it's already the middle of the week. It's like the weekend will be here before you know it. I could get used to this. Well, thanks for uh, being around. And uh, again, another episode of the show where we are going to dive right into what's happening with Las Vegas legislators uh, tackling the idea of whether or not to build a brand new stadium right there at Tropicana and Las Vegas Boulevard for the uh, Oakland A's to relocate from Oakland to Las Vegas to play in. And as far as our in-studio guests have been able to keep us kind of on top of that story, nobody really has handled it better than Alan Snell from LVSportsBiz.com. And we're going to be talking to Alan here in just a little bit. He'll give us kind of a recap as to what happened because Monday, Memorial Day, which we'll get into later about that whole choice, but the idea that Memorial Day was the day that they were going to allow the public to speak up uh, including yours truly. And I got hung up on, but I'll tell you more about, more about that later. But, uh, yeah, it was kind of weird that they did it on a holiday. I understand it was the first available day to hear it, which is why they did it when they did it. But still, it kind of made you wonder if maybe there wasn't something else at work there. So that we'll get into. We'll find out what happened on Monday. And then more importantly, I guess where it leaves us today with this session, uh, ending here in what less than a week. I think we're only a few days away from it ending. So uh, according to the Democrats, they want a balanced budget before they'll consider anything else special session or not. So uh, lots to get updated on, and we certainly will take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk to Alan Snell from LVSportsBiz.com. Do you need low-priced, quality health insurance for any reason right now? Then call MyHealthInsurance.com today. We specialize in helping American workers find affordable health insurance. You can save money on dental, vision, prescription drugs, too. Our message is simple. If you want affordable health insurance for you and your family, even if you have a medical condition, call right now. Is right now the best time for you to start looking for affordable health insurance? We have hundreds of plans to choose from. With one free phone call, you can learn about an affordable health insurance plan that fits your budget. Don't wait. It's a free call. Call now. 800-876-7061. That's 800-876-7061. MyHealthInsurance.com is owned and operated by IHC Specialty Benefits, a licensed insurance agency. We are not an insurance plan or provider. Not all plans are available in all areas. You may be contacted by an insurance agent. Hi there, this is Kirby Schofield, Schofield Realty here in Las Vegas. Real estate is always changing. Be it a buyer's market, a seller's market, at Schofield Realty, it's your market. Buying or selling, we have the team and the tools to work the market so it works for you. We are excited that we're on the Wayne Coy Show. Our results blessed us with the Zillow Flex partnership roughly about two years ago due to our consistent conversion and customer service scores. With conversion, that means we can close and with our customer service scores, you know you're going to get the best service possible. We're always looking for agents led by mentorship, resources, and experience. We are your guide. Find us. KirbyForYou.com. 
That's K-I-R-B-Y, the number four, the letter U, dot com. Kirby for you, dot com, or call 702-766-9538. Again, 702-766-9538. When you bring your vehicle to Star Auto Care for Maintenance, you'll have a team of professionals at your service. Every one of our technicians has been factory trained and master status certified to ensure that you receive the highest quality and most effective service. Star Auto Care is located at 3540 East Tropicana Avenue, just east of Pecos. Star Auto Care is confident in their prices and will match any mechanic located within 20 miles. Bring your vehicle in today and let Star Auto Care give you the peace of mind you deserve when you service your car. Visit them online at starautocare.us. My name is Michael Stefanski, and I am the owner and founder of Sin City Custom Suits. Custom clothing concierge. I help gentlemen get into clothes that fit them like they're supposed to, that they pick out themselves, and we craft together. 600 different suit fabrics to pick from, about 40 measurements to make sure the suit's going to fit you right. Then we decide, do you want two buttons on the front, three buttons on the front, how many on the sleeve, do you want like a custom photo lining for the inside of your jacket, any number of different things that you can think of. This is all about what do you want? And and when you ask guys, what do you want? They don't know because they've never given been given the option before. Because I help men look as absolute best as they can. It's transforming people's lives. If you've never had a suit that fits you right, you have no idea how much confidence it gives you. That's the important part. 702 767 2478 Instagram at custom suit guy sincitycustomsuits.com whether you're a corporate executive, on a family vacation, or just passing through, St. George Inn & Suites will meet your specific needs. It's conveniently located near restaurants, shopping, and movie theaters. St. George Inn & Suites offers a variety of room types, two fabulous pools and jacuzzis, a fitness center, a free full hot buffet breakfast, and laundry facilities. To make your booking, call 435-673-6661 or book online at stgeorgeinnhotel.com. You need to stop in Southern Utah? Make that stop at St. George Inn & Suites. Live from Las Vegas, this is the Wayne Coy Show. Yes, it is. And uh, as promised, we've got that guy, the one that, when it comes to being able to follow this story from a business point of view, this is the Oakland A's moving to Las Vegas story we're talking about. There's nobody whose opinion, uh, which isn't even really opinion, it's more just a stating of the facts because he digs and then he digs some more. Alan Snell, LVSportsBiz.com. Good evening, Alan. How are you? Um, I'm great. It's great to be here, Wayne. It's good to see you. Nice to see you as well. You have uh, the ability, like any good rapper, to be able to name check themselves in their songs. You wear the name of your business on your hat, which I think is pretty cool. Exactly. I'm going with the blue LV Sports Biz dot cap. Uh, and you have them uh, in many colors, don't you? It, uh, font, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about. What happened, uh, I guess, on Monday? Because we left here Friday saying, okay, Monday's going to be the big day because that's the day that they'll have uh, public conversation uh, on the floor about this thing. The A's will make their case. Then the opponents will have a chance to talk, and then they'll be able to get questions answered, hopefully. And then eventually the public will get to chime in on either side of the argument. So what's your take after it all took place on Monday? Well, let's let's clarify a few things. Uh, you mentioned the A's made their case. Technically, it was the, the owner of the team, John Fisher, was not there. The team president, Dave Cavill, was not there. 
Uh, I think that upset some state lawmakers who wanted questions answered not by their representatives, but by the owner and the team president themselves. They were not there. Instead, you had two very familiar um, names here on the local Las Vegas scene. You had Jeremy Aguero, who is a consultant. He has many, many contracts and is a player, really, in the sports business world here in Las Vegas. He is the uh, consultant for the 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 Las Vegas Stadium Authority. I mean, his his company basically is the clerk to the board, right. and he's also deeply involved. He used to work for the Raiders, and then he doesn't work for the Raiders anymore. He's also part of the executive committee of the Super Bowl committee. I guess my point is that he's very well connected. He's a mover and a shaker. He's a, he's connected, and you know, a guy who's been around a lot. And then, uh, and then you have his kind of a friend of his who is Steve Hill. He is the chairman of the stadium board for the Raiders Stadium, Allegiant Stadium, but he also is, more importantly, I think, you know, the CEO and president of the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority, the LVCVA, which, and he gave um, some pro-stadium subsidy comments as well, and they were joined by Zach Conine, who is the Nevada State Treasurer, and that triumvirate made a, a, a lengthy presentation going into detail and throwing a lot of numbers here and there about the benefits of having uh, a baseball park on the Strip. Um, I was kind of interesting. You know, I've covered this uh, stadium subsidy debate in many different uh, markets. And I got to tell you, Wayne, I mean, there was really no surprises to me. I mean, you basically had the um, the unions and the trades and the, and the business leaders from the chambers uh, predictably enough, come on and say, yeah, we want you know uh, a baseball park and we don't mind it being subsidized. And then you had... Um, so you know, from their point of view, it's jobs, yeah? It's jobs and construction. Okay. And then you have um, the anti-subsidy folks who are educators and people who feel as though our public uh, resources need to be you know, doled out to much more important things than uh, underwriting uh, part of a baseball park park construction on the strip so you had a lot of those folks as well i took a look at the the bill itself online you can it's um senate bill 509 it's very easy to find just do a google search nevada legislature senate bill 509 it's a lot of pages whoa it's big well the first item you just click on it and you'll get like a little summary of what's going on you can actually go to the bottom of the page and click on the uh for and against poll and um i you know people should check out a story i've just published this afternoon uh it was about a comment made by uh steve hill who's the lvcva chief he in trying to uh put his argument forth regarding uh the the importance of a subsidized stadium he made a claim during the hearing that summer is kind of a slow month for tourism here in las vegas and i don't think it is but it, my opinion doesn't matter. I went to the statistics. I went to the LVCVA's own website to look up the statistics to find out how many visitors were coming per month in 2019, which was the last month before the COVID pandemic hit, and also in 2022. And lo and behold, I found out that, well, not really. The tourism actually numbers are slightly more than the rest of the year. During the summer. Yeah, During the, yeah the, the summer visitor numbers are actually slightly more than the average month for the rest of the year. So, Kind of uh, makes sense, right? That's when people or uh, kids are on vacation. Right. 
Um, Take your vacation. Right. But the point, Wayne, is that um, he was pre- he was presenting inaccurate information to the public to make his case. Right. So um, the, um, the poll on the site for the Nevada legislature regarding this bill, Senate Bill 509, showed that 79% of the people who are making comments were opposed to the subsidy and opposed to the bill. And uh, the balance, which would be 21%, was in favor. So you have 79% against, 21% for. And there were some interesting questions posed by the state lawmakers. Um, There was a question I thought – there was one state lawmaker which I thought was really fascinating. She posed the question, I think, to Steve Hill and the representatives of the athletics. She said, you know, I'm getting a lot of – comments and letters and emails from my constituents who, who are advising me to vote no against this tell me how tell me a reason why i should vote yes right and basically uh steve hill you know came up with the handy dandy um well it's a good investment response and you know it was like okay it's kind of a kind of a broad comment but that was his response and does uh, that resonate with the average person when you say that oh it's a good investment well I will say that the majority, in my, in you know, from what I can gather, from what I can see, my observation is that I think the majority of people in Las Vegas would like to have a major league baseball team in this market. However, I also think the majority of the people do not want public money to be used to build the baseball park on the strip, or maybe the Oakland A's. Um, Just, I mean, based that on would the way be that playing. would be also another factor is that. Um, you know, that's kind of a, another subplot to the whole thing is that I think people are concerned that they see an owner who doesn't seem to be investing in his product, who wants public assistance to help build the baseball park. Yeah. And I think if it was up to the druthers for the public here in Metro Las Vegas, I think the majority of the people would prefer a uh, an expansion team. And... It was interesting. I'm going to bring up the Vegas Golden Knights because it actually is relevant because during the hearing, the Golden Knights were actually playing game six in Dallas. And and you're wondering, is anybody even paying attention to what's going on in the hearing? Right. But, you know, what the to me, what the underlining point of that is, Wayne, is that and this is why I cover this cross section, this convergence of sports and business and politics is that sports has this kind of magical um, – you, you, you have a Raiders hat on, yeah. you know, and that is your allegiance. And My pe- allegiance. Right. People, Stadium. Right, exactly. People have this emotional, visceral connection to sports. And you can almost point – it's funny. I've covered this topic in so many markets, and, you know, sometimes a lot of the storylines are the same, you know, because basically you point out some of the inconsistencies with the argumentation about subsidies for for – stadiums that are controlled by some of the most affluent people in your community as if they really need the help but you will point sometimes you'll just point out information and people will say well yeah i kind of know i'm being ripped off but i just love sports so much and i'm going to kind of tie it back into the hearing on monday and that is there was this kind of underlying kind of giddiness to the fact that the Golden Knights were winning they're going to clinch the series they're going to go to the Stanley Cup they play game one Saturday yeah. but the point was that you know, there were being updates, you know, throughout the night in the hearing. You can almost hear the giddiness and you wonder 
if people are sometimes so high on sports that it influences the way they evaluate this public policy uh, issue, which is what it is. When you strip away the sports and the hoopla and the Hollywood version of the sports of the baseball games and everything, right. it comes down to, you know, priorities of your community. What should you be spending money on and what's important? What, how can you enact legislation that would help the broadest amount of people in your market and, and in your community? And, you know, that's that's the, the public policy. That's why when you kind of strip away all the emotionality of it, sometimes it seems kind of like, like you're wondering, like, why are, why are we giving hundreds of millions of dollars to um, a, ma- a major league sports team when they have the resources? I mean, then this particular owner is the heir to the gap retail, you know, empire. Yeah. And he's getting a lot of money. I think he's getting a lot of revenue sharing money from Major League Baseball because he pays so little um on his and that's player the, payroll. That's the expedience to get this decision before January because the commissioner has said you need to work this out before the beginning of January because if you don't, we're going to take away your revenue share. Right. So there's, you know, there's that time pressure. Um Major League Baseball the reason that the A's are are pushing so much for the uh, stadium subsidy from the state of Nevada and Clark County is that they need to show Major League Baseball that the quote-unquote new host community is going to be financially supporting the construction of the stadium in order for them to win approval from Major League Baseball's owners and the and the public officials. They right. they need to you know in order to get the re, you know the approval for the relocation. So. You know, they almost need that scalp, if you will, to show, mm-hmm. you know, Major League Baseball that, hey, we have it. We have, you know, $380 million in public assistance to help build the stadium. And um, that's vital in terms of getting the permission to uh, relocate. Now, it's Commissioner it. Manfred had said that they would likely waive the relocation Yeah, I believe fee. the way – I believe that. And also what's interesting but, but is – But then it came up in the in the hearing – that they're not so sure that is going to happen, and the number they're hearing is $300 million. Well, what's interesting is that Manfred has been very, very, I think, pro-process for the A's to leave. I mean, um, he could equally be playing an advocacy role in trying to work with the city of Oakland. I mean, the city of Oakland, I will tell you, the city of Oakland has contacted uh, the, the commissioner and said, you know, the door is still open and they can, they still want to talk, but you know, obviously, you know, then you throw in the fact of why is this franchise banging on the door in Las Vegas and Clark County and the state of Nevada? Mm-hmm. And the reason is that, the you know, the elected officials and the people who um, are behind a lot of the power and influence on these big stadiums and arenas here in Las Vegas, they, they, they've proven to be perceived as easy marks by... Major League Baseball and the teams, because, you know, the athletics could be in any other city. In fact, there are other cities that have established pro-baseball lobbying groups that are trying to campaign for a Major League Baseball team. Salt Lake City. Correct. Portland. On and on. I mean, uh, even the guys in Orlando, you know, they came up with this baseball park plan. Yeah. But at least, you know, there were people who in in the community were calling for MLB to be in their market. To the best of my knowledge, there was really no campaigning or lobbying efforts by a local organized group. Right. I mean, basically, you have, like I said, the Chambers of Commerce, 
the the, uh, the trades, the unions, all those folks are on hand. They're they're but on where's board. the big group that's saying, "Come on, baseball, come to Las Vegas." Where are those people? Yeah, they, they there isn't, and there that's isn't. why. And you know, it'll be interesting to see what the lawmakers are going to do because the polls and the and the emails and the texts are all in the vast majority saying we don't want to we don't want you to vote for you know for 380 million dollars worth of public assistance yeah. for a major league sports 8 team. out of 10 are saying that right yeah. i mean that's that's on the that's on the page itself just go what did you make of uh, i'm mean, a couple questions the uh, the fact that it was on memorial day monday i understand that 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 really wasn't because they were trying to sneak it by anybody it was just the next available day that they could do it yeah, I guess. I mean, they obviously have a timeline crunch. I mean, June fifth is the is the day they adjourn, and um, I guess they were that was the next available day, and it just happens to be Memorial Day. I think it was unfortunate. You know, a lot of people are traveling, a lot of people are with friends and family, and mm-hmm. you know, to me, um, I mean, granted, they're coming down to the wire here one extra day on Tuesday. I don't think it would have been like you know the worst thing. I mean, right now we've had Tuesday and Wednesday, and the, and we still don't. There hasn't been like really too many public comments mm-hmm. about the uh, about the bill. The whole thing seemed a bit rushed to me, and then the moderator. What I, I don't know her, her uh, Madam Chairwoman. What's right. her, what's her title? Uh, I think it was Dondera Lupas. I think yes. Um, yeah, I, I former school she was, teacher. I read. right. She was the chair. I, I, I guess chair. she was chair yeah, of Madam the hearing. Chairwoman. Okay, and she seemed to be uh, in quite a hurry as as well. And when well, it came she to- seemed to give a um a, um opportune time to the people who were in favor. All the people who were in favor seemed to have enough time to kind of read their comments. I thought that she was kind of telling the people who are against the bill to kind of hurry up and you know just say me too right exactly come I just, on and and i actually made a uh, a comment about this there were people who were mentioning and i don't know how you can separate the team owner of the business that you're that is requesting all this public money how you can separate the owner from the bill and not bring up his name and not bring i mean she yeah. actually uh, Lupa, she, she actually uh, reprimanded several callers. I'm uh, one of them. Yeah, about. Bring, Did you hear that? Yeah, about. She hung up on me. Yeah, about bringing up the person's yeah. name. She said I was calling him names because yeah. I I described him as a carpet bagger. I didn't say I didn't call him a carpet bagger. Right. Well, the point is that I don't see how you can separate the owner of the business that that's requesting money from. And I actually said, you know, when you're evaluating a bill uh, that has been put forth by a company that is requesting all this public money and you're involved in a public policy debate, you know, in this public forum, I think the owner of that business is absolutely appropriate to be addressed as part of the public discussion and discourse. Wilpon got brought up when the Mets thing was happening, right? Uh, what was the guy's name down in Florida? Loria was his name? Jeff Loria? Oh, Jeff Loria, right. Brought his name up every time the subject came up or the bill came up. I don't know. So with it being, at least on paper, very obvious that people are against this, is there still a chance it passes? Yes. I mean, I, I, I mean, <clears throat> this has been kind of strange because in a lot of markets, you actually have a public vote. Right. I mean, the vote, I mean, the public the the voters in a town gets to decide 
And I thought there were some fascinating questions by some lawmakers because it's unclear to me what the financial benefit would be. You know, besides, I guess it would be like some taxes that would that would go to the state coffers. But I mean, if you this is a, a state bill, there's 180 million dollars coming from the state, 120 million from Clark County. How does the state economically cash in on this if it's down here in Las Vegas? And I thought there was a brilliant question by a lawmaker. She obviously represents some uh, district near Reno or Carson City or North Nevada. She said, you know, why should I vote for a bill that actually moves the Oakland Athletics further away from where I live? That was, I thought, a fascinating observation because you don't think about it, but the people in Reno can go to Oakland to watch athletic games. Sure they can. And now if they move to Las Vegas, now they have like an eight-hour car ride. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, uh, to to get here. So, were, were the renderings out? They weren't out the last time you were here, so we didn't really have a chance right, to talk so the re- about them. Right. So that was another big story I wrote along with a lot of the other media members about. Finally, the the renderings were uh, distributed, and they were kind of a little bizarre in the sense that they're every, old. They're old, and also everyone was told that the ballpark would be um, shoehorned on this nine acres. On kind of the side toward the Reno Avenue, there's that Reno, there's that Reno Avenue side mm-hmm. of the property. It was it would be kind of along Reno, and it would be kind of toward the east side of the property. I saw your your YouTube video where you rode your bike over. Right, it. I was kind yeah. of showing you know people like I was like, don't get hit, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> well, the um, it looked as if the the building. The stadium was a lot more than nine acres. Yeah. And they also showed it was in a single building. There was in a single Tropicana building on the side. Right, because I think way back at the very beginning of this process, one of the first locations that they were enamored with was the Tropicana site. And in at that time, they were getting the whole thing or most of it. And there was there weren't going to be hotels next to it. It was going to be if there was going to be one, it would be a small one. And it was a much bigger footprint. Well, they were under pressure to come up with renderings. They didn't have time to come up with a nine-acre rendering, so they said, "We'll just take this." Yeah, it looked like they just kind of, um, kind of winged it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that <laughs> going on. So that's what I mean. With all of that, it's rushed. It's hurried. And people are questioning the motives, and you got eight to two popular opinion in the favor of don't do it. How could a legislator with a clear conscience knowing that they've got to run for re-election how can they just go yeah sure we need this we got to have it would be really difficult you know the if i if i recall correctly the mayor of miami was actually recalled because he kind of put together a deal for the uh, marlins baseball park and he was recalled so there are political uh, ramifications you know for spending the public dime on uh, Major League Baseball or any kind of sports facilities. And, you know, that's, I mean, that was kind of the crux of that one lawmaker when, you know, she just asked, you know, Steve Hill point blank, all my constituents are telling me to vote against this. Give me a reason why I, why I should. And all, you know, he just mentioned, oh, good investment. You know, I mean, yeah. Not quite sure that cuts the uh, mustard on it, but... She's the one who said, I'm leaning no, and it's more like hell no at this point, <laughs> right? Same lady, I right. think. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's already, you know, tomorrow's Thursday. Um, June 5th, I believe, is what, Monday, I believe? Okay. 
And, you know, that, you know, that's, you know, when the. And apparently they won't even vote on it at all if the budget's not balanced. Right. That's the Democrats line in the same. So you you have like another little subplot to it, too. You have the little tension between Joe Lombardo, the governor, who's a Republican. He unseated uh, Steve Sisolak, the Democratic incumbent. Right. And then you have the Democratic controlled Senate and Assembly. You know, the two houses are democratically controlled. So. Like you mentioned, there is the um, there is the budget um, there is the budget uh, dynamic mm-hmm. that's kind of a factor in this too. So I think they said we won't look at anything in a special session if we don't have a balanced budget right. out of this right. first. There's no way this gets done before the fifth of June, right? It, it, se- it seems unlikely, but uh, you never know. It's interesting because you know. The Vegas Golden Knights are in the final, and this is my point. I, you know, when I when I first covered this issue, I my first time I ever covered stadium subsidy votes was actually in Denver, and the Denver Broncos and their owner at the time, Pat Boland, wanted a new football stadium to to replace Mile High Stadium. Right, and the vote came right after they won the second of their two Super Bowls. I think they won them. I think in the late nineties. And that's when everybody's the, high on Bronco and, fever, right? Man. And I, and that's and it gets back to my point about how so much, so much time, so much of the time, there's like the emotions of sports, mm-hmm. and you know we're kind of seeing that right now with the Vegas Golden Knights. The Golden Knights obviously have nothing to do with the baseball park proposal, right. but my point is that it's creating this atmosphere. Of like sports euphoria, sure, you know, in the market and, and Vegas can, pride, right? And, all and that. you can't help but wonder if that kind of amorph, amorphous kind of, you know, just being high and drunk on sports and you know watching the Golden Knights, you know, in the uh, in the Stanley Cup. I final. would say, isn't it great? Yes, it is. And here's two things you need to remember. One is that facility was built with no public funding at all. Yeah, zero. Yeah. Okay. And it's an expansion team that you were able to get and grow and have be your own. Right. Those are two. In fact, that's two big things. Those are two major. That don't exist with this current no, situation. Two major items. And also, you know, it's paid off for the Golden Knights. The Golden Knights have this yeah. emotional connection, you know, um, that, you know, you know, apparently they, they have a waiting list of people who are trying to get season tickets. And, right. you know, they, you know, they're going to. Uh, fill this arena, which has an official uh, seating capacity. This is fixed seats of 17,367 fixed seats. They're going to have 18,500 people. You know, the first game, I believe, is Saturday night, and then Monday is game two. Uh, And you have this expansion team that really is beloved by the market. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of sad because, you know, if the let, let's um, speculate and say it does get approved, it would be hard. The Oakland Athletics would be hard pressed, especially with, the, you know, with the level of their team's performance to win that kind of allegiance here from local fans. Right. I mean, the, when, Ra- the Raiders a, are a different story. Right. Yeah. But this is a very important point, Wayne, is that, you know, I think you sent me an item about how there was a mention of the owner, John Fisher, wanting to have possibly 4 p.m. start, you know, right. so that people can have um, We'll things. get you in, we'll get you out, and you'll still right. have time to go see Usher. Right, which is kind of yeah. interesting because it's almost admitting that, you know, um, we don't want to even compete against the Las Vegas Entertainment Acts. And also, my point is, that's obviously designed to accommodate tourists. 
And, you know, the, the team believes that 30% of the fans at a game would be tourists. What about the locals in this? I mean, I got to say, if you have 4 p.m. starts, can you imagine what, what that's like to get a local person to a game at 4 p.m.? Right. I mean, granted, Las Vegas has a, a very fluid work schedule. People work 24-7. They're working graveyard shifts. I mean, all kinds of schedules. But still, you know, I mean, to get people to work, you know, to get to a game at 4 for a 4 o'clock, you know, baseball game start. Right. I mean, well, they flat out said so that you could – Make evening plans, and right? But that's to a, to accommodate visitors. Okay, and their numbers that they spew say that it's going to be seventy percent locals. Right. So you're not even accommodating the majority of the fans at your at your own ballpark. Right. They're working while you're having a baseball game. Yeah. So <laughs> it seems a lot uh, of Swiss cheese here. I think <laughs> you know. And and again, how can it be when it's that prevalent? I mean, it's that obvious that the the uh, opinion is. 80-20 against, Yeah, it's... Right? Um, dude, dude, let me ask you this, because I don't know the answer. Let's say they pass it, and let's say the populace is not okay with that. Can they do anything about it? Can they ask for a recall? Um, I don't... I think... I don't think so. I hmm. mean, um, the bill was passed. I mean, you could... I mean, you could not vote for the lawmakers who voted for it. So there would be so, po- yeah. There would be political consequences. You know the um, they can't demand like a special election. I don't. I don't think so. Okay. I think it's kind of based in the Constitution. I think they'd have to get, gather, an, you know, the appropriate number of minimum right. signatures to to force a vote. But at this point, it would be almost moot since you know the the legislature would have passed it, and then the governor. Obviously, the governor is going to sign it because mm-hmm. he he's the one who has pushed. In fact, it's, this is kind of interesting. You know, Joe, Joe Lombardo has not received much criticism for the fact that initially he had like a very lukewarm, generic-y kind of response right. about public dollars and resources for a, a for an athletics baseball park. If you remember, he had when he took office, he had this kind of just general comment like, well, you know, this baseball team can uh, request and apply for all the typical incentives and um, you know motivational tools, so yeah. to speak, yeah. that any company could is quali- you know that is is allowed to get here in the state of Nevada. And then it went from that to three hundred eighty million dollars in bonds being sold, and and then Clark County gets even folded into the mix. Yeah, yeah that's another factor. Is yeah, I don't who, get who? I don't get Clark County how they. Are on the hook for 120 million dollars worth of selling bonds when they're that is being folded into a state bill. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like Clark County has gotten much public uh, discussion in up right. on this. The one quote was attributed to Clark County, right? You know, and like, who, and, and who? you had and you had Jim Gibson, who's the chairman of the county commission. He did speak from the uh, Sawyer Building during the public hearing. Mm-hmm. And that was it. I mean, that was your Clark County. Rep- I mean, he's the, he's the commission chairman. Yeah. But and and you know, presumably he's speaking on behalf. Although I did write a story that um, I did have a source tell me that there is a split on the commission. It's definitely not unanimous on the commission right. regarding this uh, this bill. So. There, like you, it's there's a lot of Swiss cheese. It's it's been rushed. It's been, 
I mean, a lot of people would even use the term ramrodded through, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, and, you know, it's it's bizarre because you had more than five years of negotiations in the Bay Area at City of Oakland. And then obviously, the like I mentioned, the athletics perceive the state of Nevada as, you know, just open. Your word was a mark. Uh, a mark yeah, just, a, just mark. an easy mark to be kind of taken care of, you know. I mean, I hate to use the word pushover, but, you know, basically the athletics went from, went from like zero to 60 in like two seconds, you know, with. And moved in the middle of it, right? And and they moved their site. Yeah. I mean, they moved during the negotiations, you know, they, they were talking a big game about how great the uh, site at the uh, Wild Wild West location would be. For and how locals. they were going to develop it. And it would be a baseball village yeah. and you'd have baseball themed businesses. And oh, sports wait, the bars. union doesn't like the owners. Okay, we'll move. <laughs> I mean, really, that's what it came right. down to. I mean, to. Uh, yeah. Red Rock Resorts. Uh, um, they've had their issues with Right, the they've definitely had yeah. a problem with, with the culinary. So uh, next thing you know, there's... You know, and presumably the the public request went down too, from five hundred million to three hundred eighty million, yeah. uh, and that was because you know they're obviously getting the land deal at right. the Tropicana site, but they're not going to own the land. No, they won't. Yeah, so I don't get it. Yeah, it's been you know um, one one of the opponents did call up and say just simply it's been rushed and it's irresponsible, and you know if you're an adult <laughs> yeah. and you're kind of looking at this in just pure public policy terms. It's hard to argue against that, Wayne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but these are politicians, and all we need is a simple majority. So if and, there's one more and, yes than a no, yeah, and it'll it's pass. sports and people just you know, um, again, as much as Las Vegas have you know, they, there's this big economic development you know uh, organization, and there's always the rhetoric of trying to diversify the economy. You know, the bo- the bottom line is, you know, this metro Las Vegas area. You know, always goes back to its 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 tourism roots. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a one trick pony economy. Right. We saw what happened when COVID hit, and the strip was closed down for April and May of 2020, right. and there were no uh, hotel room taxes going in. And you know, Clark County had to hit you know not once but twice the contingency fund to and that's pay the off fear the bonds for the Raiders Stadium. And again. in this case. I guess, you know, they're going to be raising money through this uh, sports and entertainment district again. You but know, but I get- don't they, I'm going to ask about that too, that space, because somebody did bring up uh, that, that that space, that location is going to generate taxes no matter what's there. In fact, maybe even more. I think one of the state lawmakers wanted information on like how much money are we losing from Tropicana being displaced. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Uh, so. And then where are we get the traffic issues? I mean, it's just uh, and that, that's, that's another big issue. I mean, it wasn't nothing. And there are two things that were not written into the bill. Was number one, it's not site specific, right? And number two, there's it's not very team li- specific, and not team specific. And there's very little on um, on the mobility and transportation and parking plan. Right. For you know, for an area that's very transit challenged. Somebody said, "Oh, well, we'll just have them park at the." Uh, the other hotel's uh, parking garage. Right, which is pretty much what people do for the uh, Golden Vegas Knights. Golden Knights games, yeah. correct. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know, maybe 
Maybe they think they're the ace up their sleeve, so to speak, are the uh, the Teslas in the tunnels. Elon yeah. Musk to the rescue. <laughs> <laughs> More Alan, tunnels. I Alan guess. Snell is uh, LVSportsBiz.com's founder and editor, and you can read uh, his newest piece, which just hit today. So, yeah, it was just posted around 4.30 this afternoon. We'll, of course, share it, and then you'll share it, and that's kind of the way this whole thing goes. We're, I'm going to be watching you because you're going to be watching them. So uh, <laughs> I hope you'll come back and keep us up to date on all. Right. That. I mean, every, I mean, um, these these are some weird, you know some crazy few days. On one hand, you know, um, we do cover the Vegas Golden Knights, and you know, it's a big deal to be in the Stanley Cup final. Sure. Friday's media day, and Saturday's game one, and Monday's game two, and during the same time period, you know who <laughs> who knows what's going on with the. Uh, you know, with your public resources in terms of an athletics baseball park. Give them the money. Look, it's tied 2-2. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they were going crazy during that thing. We wow. think it, it was – I thought it was kind of funny that, you know, they're kind of uh, talking about these serious public policy issues about, you know, the you know, the the priorities of, of giving public resources to a major league team. And it's like – Oh, we have an update. It's four nothing. Yeah, Vegas Golden Knights, and then one guy would pipe in, "Hey, now it's five nothing." Yeah, you're, you're, and then I remember they were, they went to a, uh, I guess to the speakers in Las Vegas, and they go, "Go Knights!" It's four nothing, and it's like then someone in the background yelled, "Hey, it's five nothing!" And you know, oh, I, I stand corrected. It's five. It, it was just kind of a funny little convergence. But again, it gets to my point: is is that there? Making very serious public policy issues while they're all hopped up on yeah, sports. Yeah, while they're just you know, um, you know, high on this visceral connection to you know to sports, yeah. might not be the best way to, uh, to you know, to make your uh, your sausages these days in the public policy uh, forum. We saw it in live in living color. That's the thing. Those that did watch on Monday, and if you've seen any of the highlights that have hit the internet since then. I did like the one guy's line, though, where he, he said, uh, the Tropicana is kind of like the A's of the strip. Yeah. <laughs> that definitely got uh, I got. Uh, I got a laugh. Yeah, it yeah, did. Yeah. All right. Well, Alan Snell, thank you very much, sir. Yeah, it's great to see you again, Wayne. Good to see you, sir. Okay, we take a break. When we come back, we're going to kind of stay on this tip because we've got a guy who lives here in Vegas who's left. He's a ballpark chaser. There's a, This is actually a thing. And I think he's he's going to be there for like 10 days. And he's going to see 11 games in 10 days at 10, 11 different parks. So he's like five in already. So we're going to get an update and see what it's like to be. He says it's great. The minor leagues are he so different. He sounds like he, he needs to be hired as the mobility consultant for the baseball park. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hear they're hiring, by the way. Okay. Well, thank you, Alan. That's Alan Snell. Don't forget LV Sports Biz. Dot com so you can keep up on this story and so many more. Hi there, this is Kirby Schofield, Schofield Realty here in Las Vegas. Real estate is always changing. Be it a buyer's market, a seller's market, at Schofield Realty, it's your market. Buying or selling, we have the team and the tools to work the market so it works for you. We are excited that we're on the Wayne Coy Show. Our results blessed us with the Zillow Flex partnership roughly about two years ago due to our consistent conversion and customer service scores. With conversion that means we can close and with our customer service course you know you're going to get the best service possible we're always looking for agents led by mentorship resources and experience we are your guide find us kirby that's k-i-r-b-y the number four the letter u.com kirby for 
www.thepowerofprayer.com or call 702-766-9538. Again, 702-766-9538. Live from Las Vegas, this is The Wayne Coy Show. Baseball been very, very good to most of us. And it seems to be the uh, the common topic of conversation here, at least uh, with all this stuff going on with the stadium and the, and the A's and everything. And we've been, of course, paying attention to that story. But I think almost more heartwarming and more fulfilling than that story is this story. It's the story of a man named Michael who decided to just get on an airplane and fly to the south. And then once he got there, he said... Hey, there's a whole lot of baseball here to watch, and and well, that's what he's been doing. He is a uh, a world renowned, self described ballpark chaser, and we got <laughs> a yeah, we got the uh, the the explanation from you last time. But for those who missed it, Michael, can you tell us what a ballpark chaser is? A ballpark chaser said so there's a couple of different ways to look at it. Uh, if you've been to every major league baseball stadium. You're a ballpark chaser. But uh, the name came from a uh, Facebook group about chasing ballparks. Um, and I didn't know that there was such a group until last year after I was about halfway through all of the um, California A-League teams that I'd gone to. And a friend of mine said, hey, check this group out. So now that I'm in the group, there's so my chase is my elite stadiums. The one chase I thought was the coolest was there's a, a father and a son whose team is the Atlanta Braves. So their chase is where are the Braves on the road this year? Let's go to four or five games away from home. So that's their chase. That's a cool one. I like that one. Yeah. I could see myself doing that with the uh, aforementioned Oakland Athletics, right? The the Oakland Triple A's. Yes. Well, maybe not this year. <laughs> yeah, I might want to wait uh, and see what happens. But if they get any better. Um, but yeah, I you did to say last time you were on that everybody's chase is unique. What do you want it to be? Yeah, that's the thing about. It. And it's funny. I was in uh, went to Greenville, South Carolina last night, home of shoeless Joe Jackson. Hey. And as I was getting my jersey. I'm getting customized jerseys now. Oh, you are? You've stepped up from the uh, gotta buy a I hat did. part. Yeah. Well, okay. Not just hats. Wait, not just. Look not just at this. Wow. Okay, now you're breaking up a little bit, but but before you completely freeze, I'm guessing MB stands for Myrtle Beach, yes? Myrtle Beach. Okay. Myrtle Beach. Yep. Pelicans. Yeah, we're getting a funky Pelicans. funky Wi Fi thing. It's floating in and out on you, Michael. I, there you go. Okay. Well, you're back for a second. No. Yeah. Um, what is the hat and shirt that, that are matching that you're wearing now? What What is that? That's for that's Myrtle Beach. That's for tonight. Oh, it doesn't look like a pelican. It looks like a cross and bones kind of from here. Oh, shoot. Are we going to lose you again? You're starting to break up really bad now. And there he goes. Nope. Maybe he's still here. See, they, you're down south, and you're in these uh, smaller markets where, you know, Wi-Fi is dependent upon somebody being able to run really fast for long periods of time. And if they don't keep that wheel going, we lose our connection. 
So, uh, yeah, you froze, Michael. I, I, I'm going to have to bail on this, but which is too bad. But we, we're going to keep on um, keeping up with you. Hopefully, we'll get a better connection next time. And I think you're up to, if I'm counting correctly, I think you're up to four now stadiums. And you're going to be there for like uh, the rest of this week and on through the weekend. So I think this particular chase, to use his words, uh, still goes on for another few days and a few more ballparks. Just crazy. And I got to admit, I'm a little bit jealous. Okay, I will. I will go ahead and cop to that. There is a part of me that's like, look, put me in, coach. I'm ready to chase. I'd like to do that. Continued success on your trip, though, Michael. Michael Stefanski, ballpark chaser supreme on the Wayne Coy Show. The Wayne Coy Show. Do you love watching television? If you're on a fixed budget, you need to make this free call right now to Dish and find out how you can get a fixed monthly price to watch all the television you want for three full in addition to a three-year price guarantee, you can also get free monthly movie rentals. They give you one free movie rental every month. That's a $165 value, yours free. Plus, get free in-home tech visits, no-cost equipment replacements, a free voice remote, and you can watch commercial-free TV. Even access all your favorite apps to stream like Netflix, Amazon Prime, YouTube, and more. Now is the perfect time to call Dish. Take advantage of the three-year price guarantee. Save yourself some money and all your equipment is free call right now 800-586-4206 800-586-4206 that's 800-586-4206 stn sports is the only sports betting app you need this season stn sports has it all in play betting mobile parlay cards the play plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in nevada and the latest lines on every game. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards on every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any Station Casino, Fiesta Wildfire, or the El Cortez. Details at the Sportsbooks. Now, back to the Wayne Coy Show. Buckle up. Let's go for a ride. It's the Wayne Coy Show. You know, Coach is going to get mad at me. He's going to think I'm copping his thing. You know, I swear to you, I had no idea that Harvey Hyde's whole buckle up thing was a thing. But boy, have I found out since then. We got to get rid of that. I don't want to, I don't want to be accused of stealing. You don't do that on the radio and you certainly don't do it in comedy. And if you don't believe me, well, then you can just ask our in studio guest. He'd be the first one to tell you that that's a no, no. His name is Kirk McHenry. And through the magic of all that is television, radio, streaming, just like that. Bam! There we are. That's Kirk. I'm Wayne, and welcome to the show. I've known you for a minute. Yes. How long have I known you? <sighs> About almost 20 years at least. I was saying. At least. I think you were on my show the first time like in 2009, 10, somewhere in there. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah it was uh, Tom, uh, Tommy T. Tommy T's Bay Area. Yeah, yeah. Tommy T's. Yeah. I was uh, doing the morning show at KKIQ, and I don't remember you coming in early in the morning, though. Did you? Yeah. You did? Yeah, I came in early. That's back when I was an early riser. <laughs> oh, okay. A lot of comics cannot do it, man. I still, I do it when I have to. I do it when I have to, but I don't, I don't enjoy it. Yeah. I don't enjoy it. Best moment I ever had was, uh, with, uh, uh, what's his name now? Uh, you were just talking about Eddie Murphy, Charlie Murphy. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. I love that dude. So Charlie came him. in and we're talking 
And it was like literally I was having to drag every answer out of him. Yeah. And finally, I just said, uh, okay, we're going to take a break. And I went to commercials. I mm. took my headphones off. I said, Charlie, I'm trying to help you, man. I'm yeah. trying to sell tickets to your show. Yeah. If you don't want to be here, that's cool. I get it. It's early. But just tell me right now, and you can just go home, and I'll do my show. Because right. it is my show. Right. Like that. And he goes, oh, my bad. <laughs> Just like that. And then commercials ended, and he was so funny the rest yeah, of the way. Yeah. He brought it hard for like probably, the next half hour. See, he had probably done two shows the night before at Tommy's. Yeah. Didn't get out of that last one until about probably 1, 2 in the morning. Crazy. And, yeah, it can it can be – it's not always easy to be funny. Yeah. Especially oh, it's never when you're, on, when you're on, you know, four hours of sleep. The key, though, is with people like you, you make it look easy, see? And that's the thing they don't realize. There's a lot of work goes into that. That's why everybody, you know, when you get these people, to, oh, you know, I was thinking about – Taking a shot at this at that comedy thing, you know, I, I'm I'm real funny in the barber shop, and I'm like, uh, totally different, dude, yeah. totally different. Yep, you can't get a fade over it. <laughs> <No. laughs> I know, yeah, no. So, and you well, haven't played there in a while. That was like your home club. For it a was, long time. yeah, for a long time. I, I I did Tommy. Shout out to Tommy T and Gail and uh, everybody over at Tommy T's back home in uh, Pleasanton, California. Um, I did Tommy's for. Man, for years, I, I I remember once I told somebody I did twelve shows in one month at Tommy's. Mm-hmm. Like he was putting me on with everybody, everybody that came to town, and uh, I I told him I said, man, you know I gotta I gotta get back on the road. I gotta do other rooms, and uh, what I did was I I, I you know I pointed a lot of new comics in his direction, and uh, he started booking a lot of people. So I think you know it's it, you gotta pay it forward. Somebody got me in there. Larry Bubbles Brown got me. That's who got you in yes, there. Yes, Larry okay. Bubbles Brown got me in Tommy T's, and you know just gotta pay it forward, man. Now I didn't realize this. Larry Bubbles Brown mm-hmm. holds the record for being the comedian that was on the David Letterman show more than any other. Really? Did you know that? I did not know that. And I'm like, how did I miss that? And I then I went back. That. If you YouTube it, there's, you know, visit after visit after. I visit. did not know that. I just saw Larry, uh, probably about, uh, what, about three weeks ago. I was hosting, uh, uh, the Throckmorton Theater in oh, Mill yeah. Valley. Right. And he came in and, uh, yeah, still hilarious. Still just. Is Mark Pitta still on there? No, no, no. You know, you know, Pitta lives out here. I didn't know that. Yeah, Pitt is in. Oh wait, yes, I did. Yeah, Somebody Pitt, else yeah. told me the same thing about a week ago. We're just yeah, kidding Pitt, around. Yeah, Pitt is in Vegas. I saw him. Uh, Bob Zaney was one. Yeah, I've, I've seen. I've seen Pitt. I've run into him. I actually did. Uh, I think like two shows with him out here. I thought he yeah. was a part owner of Throckmorton. No, I don't. I don't know. I, I never heard that one before. As, okay. long, as far as I know, Lucy. Ooh, runs let's everything. start a rumor then. Kirk. <laughs> Kirk McHenry's here. He's a Bay Area comic, but you're not just a Bay Area comic. No. You travel, don't you? Yes, all over the world. We actually got back uh, overseas. Uh, what February? Uh, this February, because everything was shut down because of COVID. We yep. hadn't been overseas in like four years, and we went over uh, for the troops. We did uh, Abu Dhabi, Kuwait, and Jordan. So, okay. Uh, yeah, did you so, like those countries? I loved it. I loved. It. I love going over for the troops. I'm, I'm a Marine, so I love going over for the for the troops. What's the one where they have all the shopping centers and the malls and all of that? It's supposed to be really in casinos. What Dubai? Yeah, Dubai. Oh yeah. man, Dubai. We flew into Dubai and we drove from Dubai to uh, Abu Dhabi. Dubai looks like money. It just it yeah. looks it looks rich. Like yeah. it made me uncomfortable. But you know what? They do, this I found this out. This is odd. Uh, the people in Dubai mm-hmm. do not like the Flintstones. Okay, <laughs> they got like a, yeah. But the people in Abu Dhabi do. 
Thank you. I just caught that. Thank you. I just caught that. That's the third time now on this it, show. It, it took, People, our listeners are like, I already know the punchline. I know where he's going with this. People in Abu Dhabi that, do. That sounds, like, on, that sounds like the jokes that my sister calls and tells those me. Those are dad jokes. That's what those are. So um, a good friend of ours, mutual friend of ours, still struggling to be able to uh, you know, get back. Forget perform. Just be able to... Uh, Get through life without pain and and uh, and all of that. And so I want to know when was the last time that you heard anything about Sinbad or talked to him? Um, I don't know him personally. Uh, I I never got the opportunity to work with him. I took my mom to see him uh, at Tommy T's uh, for Mother's Day one year. And um, maybe the, why did I think you guys were friends for some reason? No, nah, I never I never met a big fan. Always been a fan of him. Sure. So, um, but I uh, I heard that he's trying to recover. I saw a video. Uh, he did a video. Uh, some TV show that I was watching, and they um, put it in um, on the show. So he, I guess, he had like a massive stroke. Bad, yeah. And uh, you know, you but, mentioned Tommy T. He and I were in a car on our way to a football game, okay? mm-hmm. and we said, "Well, let's give Sinbad a call, right?" Mm-hmm. So called and spoke to his wife, and then she got him on the phone. And man, it was it was hard, oh, okay. hard, it was heartbreaking. Yeah, he. I mean, that dude. Was funny for a long time. I remember seeing him for the first time on Star Search. Oh when yeah, when I was a kid, yeah. I remember seeing him on Star Search, and I was just like, "Wow, this dude is funny." And I just was a fan of his for a long time. And I still work, am. Work clean. Yes. Never get yes. the same show twice. Yeah. Always yeah. Uh, yeah. whatever's in the news, he can riff. Yeah. He's yeah. like a jazz musician. Yeah. He uh like a lot of people don't know like he started that whole music festival thing and and uh was it Aruba and yeah. you know doing all that stuff and uh I mean just uh, I've never heard anything negative about him. I, I never, think if you were to ask him, would you rather what makes you happier, comedy or music? He might say music. Oh, I know he loved music. Yeah. I know he loved music. 70s guy. So, yeah. you know, he came up with a lot of good a lot of good uh yeah, music Gap, to listen Gap to. Yeah, band, cool in the gang or oh, yeah. fire. Yeah. I mean cuz now I, man, I I have not listened to the radio Music wise, yeah. like I listen to sports radio and stuff like that, but I can't get into it. No, I, I, the new music, I just, I mean, I wish well, I, I, I wish well for everybody. I hope everybody's doing well, and if that's your thing, too. but I just miss the, to me, the good music. Like I, I grew up with my uncles. We were listening to stuff, you know. Like you were saying, you know, Gap Band, uh, Ohio Players, yeah. all the Motown stuff. And Ohio Players, all you bought it for was for the cover, right? <laughs> the lady, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, just I, I just I don't know like, this new stuff. I can't get into it, I, especially like hip hop. I'm a big hip hop fan. Uh, I can't get into the new hip hop. If I, I'm like now, if it if it comes out, if it came out after 1996, I won't listen to mm. hip hop wise. I won't listen. To Even it. no matter what it sounds like, if you if you knew it was new, that'd nah, be it for you. I don't I don't get into. It. I listen to strictly old school. Okay, strictly old school. So, like, who? Who's your big? Uh, your big like top five? Top five? Yeah. Oh a- man! Every comic wants to be a musician. Every musician wants to be a comic. That's how. Uh, oh, hip hop. Why? Uh, still love Ice Cube. One of my Ice Cube, yeah. my all time favorite rapper. Yeah. Um, uh, well, plus he's a Raider fan. So yeah, oh, of course. I, I just looked. I was like, yeah. we both have Raider hats on. Yeah. Uh, still love DMX. Or you know, rest in peace, DMX. Um. Uh, Notorious B.I.G. Uh, but then, you know, I go further back with people like Big Daddy Kane. And, yeah. Houdini. You know, Houdini, yeah. Run DMC. I went to the, I, man, when I got my driver's license when I was 16 years old, my best friend and I went to the, I think it was the My Adidas tour mm-hmm. at the Coliseum. Run it DMC. was, it was Run DMC, Houdini, uh, the Beastie Boys and LL Cool J. Wow. And we went to this, concert wow and, what a lineup and, and, yes and i left out of there and i could not hear in my left ear for three days so loud. and i didn't care yeah and i was just like because that was i mean that was that was hip-hop to me that the main was, thing though uh, is that did they get you to go down and throw some money down for a, a set of adidas yes 
No, we tried to what? get Adidas. No, they were, no they, were, they were sold out. They were sold out. Yeah. They that were, was brilliant. You, the yeah. marketing. I don't know if that happened organically. I think it did because I think they like to wear the shoes oh, yeah. first. Yeah. But then the company got wind of that and they were like, well, geez. There's a comedian friend of mine, Alex Thomas. Uh, I saw him on a, on a documentary about hip hop and he was saying Adidas should cut a check to run DMC for the rest of their lives. They should. Uh, yeah. Cause they really helped out a lot. Have you seen the movie, um, all about, uh, um, Michael Jordan and Nike that's out right now? The air? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw a good movie. Good yeah. movie. It good was movie. good, right? Yes. Yes. Did yes. you, uh, I mean, it makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Get them to wear your shoes yeah. and then the kids all want to be you. Yeah. Now I'm so old that we, did, I, I couldn't afford, uh, Converse, right? Cause those okay. were the Converse were the thing. Yeah. And, uh, they had an off brand that they sold at Montgomery Wards called MBAs. Okay. Oh, I don't yeah, yeah. They looked like Converse, but they didn't last like Converse. You know, you have like three good weeks with your MBAs and then you have to go. But the thing was you would put colored uh, shoelaces on them. Okay. You know? okay. So if you want yellow, you want, I was an A's fan, so I would do green and yellow, right. you know, like that. But man, we weren't beating people up for their shoes nah, back then. Nah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, I'm a sneaker head. Like I love, I love tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I won't spend a hundred dollars on a pair of tennis shoes. I no. won't go. No, I won't go. I won't. I'm not. And then I mean, I see. I watch some of the stuff on on the internet where these people are spending thousands of dollars on tennis shoes. Yeah. I'm like, you can't do it. No, but you know what? You know what gets me is that the majority of people that wear Jordans yeah. n- never saw Jordan play. True. It's just he's a brand. Mm-hmm. Like they never. So I'm playing. I'm just like, wow, because I remember when the shoes first came out. Right. And, you know, everybody wanted some. I, I couldn't afford well, it. Well, the way they depicted in the movie is, is it was just like overnight. The minute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 But the, <laughs> the thing, the thing I, that, that was funny about the movie, did you see? They said they just wanted to sell like, they would have been happy to sell three million pair. Right. And they sell like a hundred and something million right Stupid. out the, right out the Stupid shoe. Stupid. I'm like, yeah. but yeah, now tennis shoes. I, I tell people, I, I love the fact that when I was growing up, that Converse was the number one shoe, like the Chuck Taylor. That's the ones and, I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, the Chuck Taylor. And I, I, I was happy because that was like the only shoe my mom would buy us because they were only like $12. Oh, really? Yeah, they were, like, they were like 12 bucks. Okay. Cause I remember, uh, the NBAs that I was telling you about, which were knockoff Chucks. Those were like 10 or $12. I thought the Converse yeah. were a little bit more, like 20. I just remember being uh-huh. like 12 bucks. And then we uh-huh. said, <laughs> Montgomery Wards. Oh man. We used to go to Montgomery Wards. When my mom took us to Montgomery Wards, we knew we were getting something for the house. Yeah. Or you were getting a pair of tough skins. Remember tough skins? Yeah. Do you want to know something really crazy? I'm in the commercial for tough skins. Are you? I'm eight years old and I'm jumping on a trampoline that's made out of tough skins material. Yeah. For tough real. skins. I remember yeah. if you could, if you, they said if you could put a, a hole in the knee, you could get a new pair for yes, free. Cause they were tough. I put a, I put a little hole in the knee one time. My mom got a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> and, and rotated the pencil back and forth, and made the whole big. I went back and got a pair. Had a pair of green. She's tough like, skins. baby, you're gonna get a pair of pants. <laughs> had, a pair, had a pair of green tough skins. Green, <laughs> green. Oh, I just remember the <laughs> denim. I didn't know they made them in colors. Yeah, we wow. had. I had green. I had blue. I had brown. Yeah. Tough skins. Those had the patch inside the. Yeah, no, those the were, those weren't from Wards. Those were from Sears. Sears, Was it Sears? Yeah. Okay. That's okay. Same thing. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, we're getting something for the house and I'm getting yeah, a new pair of jeans. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Where did you grow up at in, I know Oakland, but where? Right. East Oakland. I grew up on, uh, 57th and MacArthur right over, uh, right by Mills College. Okay. Yeah. I used to go right past there to school every day. I went to Luther Burbank. Oh, okay. So you know yeah, where that is? Yeah. So I lived at 74th and MacArthur. Ooh. So just a little ways down yeah. from me, right there yeah. by East Mont Mall. Oh, it's hard to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even then, <laughs> even then, and I'm only about five, six years older man, than you, man. so you know, it so was a would, little rough. Where'd you go? You went to you went to Burbank, oh, and then I went to Luther Burbank. Then I went to Frick. 
Oh, went, wow. Yeah, but before that, I went to E. Morris Cox and I okay. went to Webster. Okay. Yeah. So I was an Oakland kid yeah, for you sure. Got, you got a little bit of gangster in you. Tiny bit. Yeah, because yeah. Frick, yeah. yeah, there's a whole lot of criminals came out of Frick. I know. <laughs> yeah, and the best cinnamon rolls ever made in the world. Now, where, where'd you go to high school? I uh, went to Pacific in San Leandro. Pacific. Yeah, because uh, I would have gone to Castlemont. But okay. my mom was like, look, we can, you got it. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was like, okay. And, uh, and I didn't know how to act. I mean, maybe you can relate to this, but you know, I was white, but I grew up with nothing but black guys. Yeah, yeah. So like George Carlin once famously said, you can't help but walk and talk like the black guys. Yeah. You are, you're in Rome, do yeah. as the Romans do. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think you remember I, I told that story about, uh, the king of the school because you had to have the king oh, of the yeah. school. Oh, yeah. Did you have a king in your school? Yes. His do name, you remember his name? Yeah. He punched me in the face what one was time. That? <laughs> That's how you get to be the king I of the mean, school. I mean, he, I, well, he hit me, he hit, I hit him back. Yeah. And, uh, they broke the fight. Oh God, I still remember this like it was yesterday. It was second grade. And yeah. I remember this like it was yesterday. And they took us in the office and they said, uh, my friend's mom worked there and she was like, why are you guys fighting? His name was Michael Wilson. Okay. And then he later went on to be called Choka Mike. Choka Mike. Uh, he was, uh, he was known for knocking people out all over Oakland. This dude, wow. he was like a young Mike Tyson when we were growing up. Yeah. And, uh, my buddy's mom came in. She worked at the school and she said, why are you guys fighting? And you guys are friends. And he was like, Oh, you know, I'm sorry. And blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I, and I thought he was so sincere and everything. And she walked out and he turned and looked at me. He was like, after school. Oh no, I'm going to get you school. again. I lived one, two, I lived three blocks from Elizabeth Sherman. Okay. I could walk right down yeah. Brand and go home. I was way over by High Street <laughs> trying Took to the avoid, long way home, <laughs> trying yeah. to avoid this dude. Yeah. Did he find you? Show, his older brother, uh, Kenny was like, leave Kirk alone. Kirk, Kirk is cool and leave, yeah. leave Kirk alone. And we're still friends to this day. Did you kind of remember, uh, that there was a point there where you learned sort of instinctively to be funny? Cause I did. I, I was just always funny. I just, I, I mean, I was never. You know, I was never a tough guy. I was I was really really small mm. when I was growing up, so I was never a tough guy. I was the baby of my family. Um, yeah, but if you could tell jokes, it just came naturally to me. I remember just, the I, king of the school, Alvis Woods, my king of the school, mm -hmm. not not uh, not choking Mike. Okay, but, uh, he the second time he tried to beat me up mm -hmm. and I was like, why are you even doing this? You already know you can win, you know? And then I started saying something I said, but your mama, da, da, da. <laughs> okay. Which was brave. Yeah. But I made him laugh. He was like ready to kick yeah. my ass. Yeah. And then all yeah. of a sudden he just stopped and started laughing. Yeah. Well, from that point on, I had a bodyguard. I, man, I, I don't, like I said, I just made people laugh. Just, I don't know. They just, I just always wanted to see people happy. Yeah. And that was just my thing. I just made people laugh. And, but people always say, Oh, you were probably a class clown. I'm like, no, no, not at all. I was like, my parents, you know, paid tuition. So <laughs> yeah, there was none of that. Yeah. You weren't acting a fool. Yeah. Uh, but I just, I just made my friends laugh. And I have one buddy. He's a, he's a, a, a writer in Hollywood now, my buddy Jay Williams. And he told me from 10th grade until we graduated, he said every day, man, you need to be a comedian, man. Yeah. You need to be a comedian. He was like, man, I'm telling you, you'll make it. And so when did you get the bug then? When I was seven. Whoa. I'd already wanted to be a comedian. Yeah. I just, did you do the talent shows and all that? No, no, no. I was, I was too scared. Uh, remember the little kid that used to come up to Tommy T's Joey, uh, uh, I think he signed, I think he signed with Walt Disney mm. or something, but I used to, I know who you're talking about. I used to just watch him and I was like, man, I wish I, had the nerve to do that when I was his age because he was getting up at Tommy's when he was like 13. Yeah. His dad had to come in there and sit with yeah, him. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that didn't now, work out so well in the end. But I, uh, the first time I knew, I, like I said, I was always funny, but I knew I wanted to be a comedian when 
I heard my mom and my aunts and my uncles listening to a Richard Pryor record one time. All the kids were upstairs and they were in the, in the uh, living room at our house and they had the doors closed so we couldn't go in there. Yeah. And I went to get something out of, the, out of the refrigerator and I heard them laughing. And I mean, they were laughing hard. Yeah. And I kind of, we had a little swinging door and I, I opened it. And I'm listening. I can hear this voice, and then they would all start laughing. So then the next day, my mom got up and she went somewhere. Probably to Montgomery Ward to get probably, you some, probably, some uh, tough skins. Probably, yeah. And I went down there. I ran down there, and I was like, I hope that album's here. I, I was like, I knew it wasn't ours. So and I started going through these records, and I pulled it out, and I was like, this has to be it. I've never seen this before. Yeah. And I put it on, and I the jokes that I could get, I was laughing hard. But then I tell people when I saw. Richard Pryor on stage for the first time I saw him on TV and I was just amazed how this guy had nothing but a microphone and these people were hanging on his every, every word. word and yes. I was just like I got to learn how to do this and that that's when I I knew when I was saying I knew what I wanted to do I knew yeah and 7 uh, years old yeah I knew wow. I, I knew I wanted to do comedy I just it just looked like so much and then when you started seeing other comics and seeing different styles you know I, I, for all I knew was Richard Pryor at first and then um I, I saw Bill Cosby do comedy. Uh, what was it in '83? He had the special. Uh, I can't remember the name of it right now, but where he wore the brown suit. I think I remember and that. He, yeah. And he was sitting down himself. Himself, Bill yeah. Cosby himself. And I laughed so hard. Yep. I laughed so hard. But then I, you know, I started. I knew Bill Cosby from the Electric Company when I was a kid growing right. up. Right, he so would I guest on there. Yeah, sure. I didn't know he was a comic. And then you know, starting to see other comics, George Carlin and Steve Martin and all these other people and the Don Rickles and just all these people. And I'm like, man, I gotta learn how to do this. But I, I just remember thinking, wow, they all have their own style. Like mm-hmm. no one's copying. I, I was like, there's no like. You know, they were the same. Yeah, no. I was like, "There's no blueprint for this. Right. Like everybody Every, just different. does their thing." Yeah, but, it, but it how did you worked. decide what your style was going to be, and who did you borrow from to begin with? Everybody um, that you just mentioned, I yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think I borrowed uh, just watching people, but uh, I think by my fifth year in it, I really started to come into my own. That's what everybody used to tell me. They're, oh, in your fifth year, it starts to come together, and. I did, I did, it happened, it happened to me in my fifth year, leading up to my fifth year. I just really started making, I really had a good buzz going around the Bay Area. Yeah. And, um, I just started, I was just doing comedy the way I wanted to do it, the way I wrote jokes and the way I thought of jokes. Because leading up to that point, a lot of the older comics in the Bay Area, they would tell us, you know, oh, you got to do it like this. You got to do it like this. You got to do it. And I, I was just like, that's not my style. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not that person. Like, they were, oh, you got to wear a suit on stage. I'm just like, I'm not a suit person. Like, right. you, know, you got to be true to who you are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I tell a lot of comics now, I'm like, man, you know, when you, when you find your voice in comedy, oh man, you, you, you're ahead of a lot of people. Yeah. You're ahead of a lot of people. So I, I think I borrowed from like my storytelling, uh, Bill Cosby. Um, even in my bio, it says I, I do like storytelling with a, like a Bill you Cosby are a style. great storyteller. I love it. That's the I, thing I, just, I remember very yeah, early on saying I, to my friends, you got to see this you. guy. He can tell a story. I, I just, I was that kid though when I was growing up. I wrote stories. Mm-hmm. So I just transfer, transported or trans, whatever. Yeah. The little um, details. Yeah, though. exactly. And yeah. that's what makes it. It's yeah. like, cause my thing with comedy is like you're painting a picture. And I want, I want that picture to be so clear right. when I'm on, on stage. I want you to, I want you to see it. I want you to you hear it. You could have just said tough skins, jeans, but you said, they were green tough skin. Oh yeah, with the with the patch. You in, see what I'm saying? In, yeah. And your mom in the hole I mean, you and all could, that. That's a story. And you know those. You could. That, you know, your mom could have drug you home 
behind the car on yeah. your knees and you might not have put a hole in those not knees. at all you wouldn't have. No. <laughs> let alone don't even try to crease don't them. need a band-aid oh. i'll hop off yeah. here mom <laughs> don't don't yeah. even try to crease them <laughs> <laughs> you wear your iron out <laughs> not gonna happen <clears throat> there's nothing worse than having a cold and having somebody make you laugh you're hurting me kirk stop it uh kirk McHenry's here we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we're gonna go on past uh, those uh, initial uh influences and then into what Kirk is all about right now and what he's doing. He's right here in Vegas, but we'll tell you about that coming up. The Wayne Coy Show. Do you love watching television? If you're on a fixed budget, you need to make this free call right now to Dish and find out how you can get a fixed monthly price to watch all the television you want for three full years. In addition to a three-year price guarantee, you can also get free monthly movie rentals. They give you one free movie rental every month. That's a $165 value, yours free. Plus, get free in-home tech visits, no-cost equipment replacements, a free voice remote, and... And you can watch commercial-free TV. Even access all your favorite apps to stream like Netflix, Amazon Prime, YouTube, and more. Now is the perfect time to call Dish. Take advantage of the three-year price guarantee. Save yourself some money and all your equipment is free. Call right now. 800-586-4206. 800-586-4206. 800-586-4206. That's 800-586-4206. Paid for by NPS. Hey, listen to this. Share Life Vacations has a special treat for you. It's a free three-day, two-night getaway to either magical Orlando or exciting Las Vegas. It's your choice. Absolutely no strings attached. Share Life will also include a second vacation to your choice of over 30 additional popular resort destinations. Now, we can't give everyone a fantastic prize package like this, so to make it fair, we're going to ask you a trivia question. You get it right, you'll win it all. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. This movie is about a British Secret Service agent who is frozen in time in the 1960s. Was that movie Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery? Press 1. Diamonds are forever. Press 2. Lethal weapon. Press 3. Got it? Well, then call 855-301-8586. 855-301-8586. That's 855-301-8586. Do you love watching television? If you're on a fixed budget, you need to make this free call right now to Dish and find out how you can get a fixed monthly price to watch all the television you want for three full years. In addition to a three-year price guarantee, you can also get free monthly movie rentals. They give you one free movie rental every month. That's a $165 value, yours free. Plus, get free in-home tech visits, no-cost equipment replacements, a free voice remote, and you can watch commercial-free TV. Even access all your favorite apps to stream like Netflix, Amazon Prime, YouTube, and more. Now is the perfect time to call Dish. Take advantage of the three-year price guarantee. Save yourself some money, and all your equipment is free. Call right now. 800-586-4206. 800-586-4206. 800-586-4206. 800-586-4206. That's 800-586-4206. Paid for by NPS. Locally owned and operated, come on down to Academy of Hair Design located at 5191 West Charleston Boulevard. 
number 150 today to begin your career in cosmetology. There is something for everyone from cosmetology to nail technology. You will be able to have the hands-on training that is needed to succeed in this career field. Call 702-878-1185 or visit www.ahdvegas.com today. Now, back to the Wayne Coy Show. campaigning this year people stop watching reality tv it is not real it is the dumbest stuff on tv i will tell you why one survivor come on you can take one thing from home one thing from home why is no one ever taking a gun i'm on the next season of survivor i bet i'll make it to the end because i'll be like vote vote i just i can point this wherever i want to i'm just saying vote Flavor of Love. Yeah, that lady like, oh my God. Have you seen Flavor Flav? Don't he look like his parents lost a bet with God? And this is what you get if you win? I'm like, shouldn't this be what you get if you kill somebody while you're there? And the show that got it all started to me, I'm so happy they took it off Fear Factor. Dumbest show on TV. Dumbest show on TV, because it wasn't real. If they were going to make that one real, they would have had two versions. Don't get me wrong, I think everybody's the same, but that, come on, they would have had to have black fear and white fear. Because they were doing stuff that don't scare black people, stuff that we don't even think about. Like, and this, there was a, on the, in this next episode, we want you to jump off this jet ski and climb this rope ladder into this helicopter. And that's the white guy, like, Chuck, are you ready? And let me ask you, as a white guy, why is it that when you guys get excited, your asses get real tight? Because he's like, Chuck, are you ready? He was like, hell yeah, bro, hell yeah. Show rocks. When some walnuts, bro, just cracked him. And he asked the black guy, he was like, Leroy, are you gonna jump off the jet ski? Brother was like, nope. <laughs> like, I'm trying to see which way you walk off. See, black fear be something totally different. Black fear be something like, okay, in this next stunt, we want you to drive over to your second baby mama's house. <laughs> with this late child support check. <laughs> we want you to drive. We know your license is suspended. We want you to drive. <laughs> We're gonna put a half a blunt of marijuana in the ashtray. We know you're on parole. <coughs> We're gonna put a cardboard cutout of OJ in the passenger seat. <laughs> And we're going to put a San Jose cop behind you. That's fear right that there. Is fear San Jose, right there. you guys have been great. I'm Kirk McKinnon. Well, how long ago was that, Kirk? That was, uh, that's going back in the archives that's, a little bit. That's a while. That's a long time. I mean, Fear Factor just was still to, on. Yeah, just so. to see that. That's, that was a while ago. That was one of my favorite shirts. I'm looking at the shirt. I thought that shirt was, was so cool. I was about to say to you, I like the shirt. I really was. I was just about to say that. That Easter shirt. <laughs> lines you know yeah. there's, lines are slimming when I they thought, go this way i thought that shirt was so cool that no, was very nice shirt. you might have to whip that one back out again i, I have no idea what that shirt the is kirk mckenry hall of fame Man. okay so when we we left you were getting your inspiration from prior and all those guys and mm -hmm. bill cosby and and uh there was another comic that you mentioned mm -hmm. uh stephen wright oh love him love him love what him. is it about him that makes you laugh just he he just thought so out the box and he wasn't afraid to be himself that's it that's the one thing about comedy man you can't be afraid to be you you know you right. have to my thing is the stuff that you think about in your head that makes you laugh that's the that's the thing with comedy you have to do that on stage and make people understand why it's funny to you yeah, you have to you have course. to so i and I, his stuff was just so offbeat you know like i, I remember he had a, he had a joke where he said 
uh, I used to have this roommate named George. He was like, all he would do was practice the limbo all day. He was like, when he got really good, he could go under a rug. And I thought that was yeah. hilarious. I'm just like picturing this guy going under a rug, sure. but not touching it. Yeah. <laughs> just, that, but that's, he's so dry. Yeah. Yeah. But he would, oh man, one of my all time favorites. It's one funny. Of my, I got a, my buddy Nick thinks Stephen Wright is the Hall of Famer. I, oh man. The, hilarious. The goat. He calls hilarious. Him the goat. Hilarious. So you hit the road starting when? When did you first become a road comedian? The first time I ever went on the road, I think I had been doing comedy for about, um, maybe, a year and a half, and uh, the guy who was my mentor at the time, Daniel Dugar, shout out uh, Daniel Dugar, he took me on the road. First place I ever went on the road was uh, Medford, Oregon. Ooh. And uh, we went up, and he You're took like, me why out. do all these women and, have hair in <laughs> And we went up, we did the show, and I'm not going to say, you know, I didn't I didn't kill it or anything like that, but I had a I had a good set. Um, and it just let me know, you know, I can do this. It can you know? play outside like, of yeah, my I was like, comfort I, zone. I can do this. And uh, then, been you know, road stuff ever since man started going overseas for the troops and like oh three was the first time i ever went over uh for the did troops. you go with uh kabir i've never been overseas with kabir okay i've never been over i know he's done it. Yeah. yeah oh yeah we've all done it we all like when when bay area comics started getting booked for overseas work yeah. we all told other bay area comics to you know hey check in with this person this guy has a has a you know a tour he'll put Sam you Bam. on. Oh, I just worked with Sam. I had Sam on my show in Alameda. Uh, what about what? Uh, probably about three weeks ago. Okay, yeah, at the Alameda Comedy Club, me, uh, Sam, uh, Key Lewis popped in. Uh, man, just you know. Always fun to go home. Yeah, old right. home week. But then yeah. when you go on the road, you're living out of a suitcase and you're driving yeah. a lot of times for a long time. Yeah. Uh, thank God I don't really have to drive that much anymore. I get flown now. Uh, not doing those one-nighters where you have to I mean, nine-hour drive? I'll still yeah. – I don't – no, I won't, I won't do those anymore. Yeah. Like the old Dave Triple runs? Yeah. Well, oh, and, and, in the Midwest where I was at the time, it was John Yoder. Was oh, the, Yoder. Uh, yeah. yeah. Same yeah. agent. Yeah. Because uh, uh, who's uh, A.J. Jamal? Yeah. He ran him ragged. Yeah. Like, A.J. would look at me and he go, and that dude, that dude I go man, you look there. tired. And he's like, well, it's because I drove 11 hours to get here. That dude, A.J. Jamal, is one of the funniest guys I've ever met in my yeah. life. Hilarious. Have you ever worked with him? Yes. Yeah. Hilarious. Hula- I, ha- I used to have a room uh in Oakland called the eight to one lounge in Hayward and one of the first shows we ever did we had AJ Jamal and uh Jay Lamont on the same show. Oh wow. Co headline one of the funniest comedy shows I've ever yeah. seen. Hilarious. Jay is from where? Jay I'm not sure where Jay I, I, I want to say, say Chicago. I was gonna say I want to say Chicago. Yeah. Um but Jay and it was funny because I was trying to tell the, the owner, I was like, hey man, let AJ go up first. I said, because, you know, Jay does the whole music thing, the, the beatbox and all this stuff. And I said, I know people in Oakland, they love the oldies and Jay will do the oldies and everything. He was like, yeah. oh no, they, they, when I picked him up from the hotel, they said they were going, you know, AJ was going on second. So we're sitting there. I was hosting. So I'm sitting at the bar and, and, uh, Jay Lamont is on stage crushing it. Yeah. And the owner is sitting at the other end of the bar and he looks at me and he just, he mouthed. He was just like, oh my God. He was like, I see what you mean. Yeah. And, AJ Jamal went up after Jay Lamont, and I mean, a he, lot of people couldn't have followed that. I'm he sure. destroyed, yeah, the room. He, I was just watching him. I was like, oh my god, he just, I, I just had a whole new level of respect for that guy. I was mm-hmm. just like, this dude is a. Ma-. I already knew he was funny, but you know that right there, that right there actually. Without knowing, it made me realize, you know, you can't be afraid to follow anybody. Yeah. You know, um, I would imagine though that that probably amped him up a little bit. Saying, oh, it, it does. I, I, like I tell when I go on the road, when I would have people on the road with me, like when I would take a comic with me, 
I would take somebody who I knew was going to make me work. Like, I don't want somebody that's going to make the crowd just giggle a yeah. little bit and, you know, I'm going to try to shine. I know. I know I'm some gonna... guys will bring their own guy oh, yeah. on the road. That's why a lot of, com- lot, lot of headliners bring their own, their own features now yeah. because they don't, they don't know. Like that room, I had the A21 lounge. We were using, you know, guys from the Bay Area to feature for these bigger names that yeah. were coming in. And, uh, I remember a comic calling me, uh, it was a comic from the East Coast and he called me, he said, Hey man, you know, I've been telling everybody, you know, when they come out there to do your room, like they better bring the A game. He's like, because those dudes that you're putting on stage, they're, they're beasts. Yeah, like yeah. we were doing, I mean, we using like back then with like the, the insane Wayne's and, uh, E. Clark and just. Who's the um, guy who got shot? Who's that? Insane Wayne. He's in the wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. And just a beast. Uh, I have so much respect for that guy. That dude, to me, Wayne got funnier when he got in the chair. Yeah. He got funnier when he got well, in the chair. You got two options. I mean, he was, he was. You can go down or you can get up. And the only way to never, get up is, yeah. He never skipped a beat. He never said, why me? Nothing. Yeah. And he just, he, he's still one of the, one of the best dudes out there right now. Now I'm you're, fun. you're in Vegas now. Yeah. What do you think of this town for comedy? Vegas has a great comedy scene. There are a lot of funny people out here. There are a lot of funny comics out here. A lot of guys I knew uh, moved out here. When I got here, they were already here. But I used to come up here and do shows. And, you know, I already knew there was a lot of funny people here. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Donnie Johnson, A.K. Morris, uh, Dennis Lavender, another funny guy. Uh, but then, you know, the the people that I already knew are here now. Chris Tinkle, mm-hmm. uh, Big Irish J, uh, Carlos Rodriguez, you know, DJ Sandu. Carlos all Rodriguez, the one that used to be in the Bay Area? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, all these people from Northern California yeah. are here okay. now. They're all here now. Wow. So, yeah, so it's like, you know, it's cool to, to know a lot of the comics here already. Yeah. But, yeah, Vegas has a great comedy scene. Great comedy scene. What are we, six clubs now? Seven? Something like that. Uh, what you got? The, you got Brad Garrett. Uh, LA Comedy Club, yep. uh, Laugh Factory, Jimmy Kimmel's, uh, Wise Guys. Wise Guys. I always forget about Wise Guys. Wise yeah. Guys. That's five. Yeah. Five that I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, they're, and they're all good more. clubs too. They're all good. Clubs. And then there are a lot of, there are a lot of really good open mics around here. Like good little one nighters that you can do out here that, you know, are, are really good and they put on good shows. Yeah. You answered that question before I could ask it, which is, is Las Vegas a good market for an yeah, up and coming yes, comedian? Yeah, yes. Yes. It is. Yeah. The thing about Vegas is there, there's so many mics that you can hit, but then, if you want to go to LA, you know, it's a, what, a four hour drive, four or five hour drive, or a 45 minute flight. Or as John Yoder would call it, five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, so you get a lot of, a lot of the LA comics come up here. Um, so, I mean, I think the, the level of comedy out here is really good. It's really high. And, uh, you know, you got a lot of people who are starting out out here who, um, they're going to have it hard in the beginning just to get on because there's so many good comics out here but they're going to be better in the long run yeah because, you well you know. want it to be a little yeah, competitive yeah. Right? I mean that's how it was when I was starting out I mean starting out in Oakland I mean you had what was it uh D, uh, uh, Dennis Gaxiola, Linnell, yeah. John Austin, Dugar, just uh ripped the player who's the guy with the Irish last name I can't remember his name now from Oakland? Yeah, McConnell, yeah, so Chris or something. I don't know. He, I'm not sure. Funny dude, white dude, and he had an Irish last name. That's all I can remember. Out of Oakland? Yeah. Because mm. you mentioned Linnell, and I immediately mm-hmm. flashed on that. Uh, I think I saw them both on the same show. I don't know, but it was it, when I was starting, I mean, it was so many just incredible, incredible comics. Yeah. Just 
in in the Bay Area. I mean, and that was just in Oakland, but then you had the people coming over from San Francisco, yep. and, San Jose. Yeah, so it was man. Yeah. You know, Bay Area had a really really good scene. And do you get back? Do you perform? Oh yeah, there? yeah. I, I, whenever I go back, whenever I book anything in the Bay, the one thing I, I make sure I do is I, I host uh, the Throckmorton Theater in Mill Valley. I do that. Um, I always I always try to do something with uh, my man Tony Sparks out of uh, San Francisco who has helped so many people, yeah. including myself. Just a great Great, great guy. Um, Does Tony have a room? Tony hosts a room in Fairfax. Okay. I actually did it uh, this last time I was home. Uh, I forgot who books that, um, but it's a, a really fun room. Really, really fun room. And Tony just a—he's a great host. He's just a funny guy. Just all around, just a good dude. Yeah. Just a really good guy. So yeah, I, I, I get. You, back. Well, you mentioned Bobo earlier. So do you get out Bobo his Phillips. way? I'm actually uh, lining up some dates. We're shooting for August right now out of Caps in Brentwood. Brentwood yeah. yeah, Caps in Brentwood. Does that uh, keep you from being able to play Modesto or Stockton if you play no, Brentwood? No. no, they don't. They don't say anything about it. that. Really doesn't. You know that really doesn't happen. Like in used to like when I was getting started, I remember. Up in Sacramento, if you if you played the punchline, you couldn't do laughs. Right, laughs unlimited. Yeah, like you had a radius clause yeah. and then competitive stuff. Yeah, they yeah. would tell you that you know if you get caught doing laughs, you can't work the punchline. Yeah. And San Jose Improv, same thing, right? Yeah, uh, uh, funny bone. Um, Bruce or T Feathers. Okay, they they uh, were like, oh, if you do. The improv, you can't do Rooster Teeth Feathers. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I won't be doing Rooster Teeth Feathers. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, you needed to be flexible enough to go anywhere you could. I play, I tell people, I can't, my thing is, I make anybody laugh. I mean, my, I, I have t-shirts that I sell, and one of the first shirts I ever came out with, it says, no black, no white, just funny. Just funny. I just, yeah. you know, cause I mean, growing up in the Bay, you know, people think Oakland and they think Oakland is like this big, like predominantly black, City and I, I mean, I guess it kind of is. But when we were growing up, you know, in the in the seventies and the eighties, it was more diverse. Um, so we had everybody in our neighborhood, and I went to school with everybody. So, well, my comeback to that always was because I grew up there too, mm-hmm. and I would say you got it wrong. What it isn't is seventy five, eighty percent white. Yeah, that's what it's not. Yeah. Yeah. And so just because you might have 45% black and mm-hmm. then you a big Chinese population, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, white people, Hispanics, a lot of, a lot of Latinos. Literally now. a melting pot. It is, it is. Yeah. And that was one of the things that I was happy about because we grew up with everybody. So, yeah. you know, and, and you kind of, you kind of knew what made people laugh, yeah. you know, um, and then I just thought that, you know, like I said on my shirt, no black, no white, just funny. I think funny is fun. Comedy doesn't have a color. You right. know, either, you're either funny or you're not. And, and you either uh, relate to it or you don't. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's the, that's the part of comedy. You have to make the people relate to it. Right. So, you know, that's, that's my job. I, and I, I, I like doing this. And that's like, it's like, I treat comedy like golf. I'm not in the golf, but I, I, you know, I'm not competing against any comic that's on the show. I'm competing against myself to go out there and do the best set that I can do. Yeah. You know, so. Somebody told me the other day, do you know why it's called golf? Why? Because it was already taken. <laughs> I have so many comic friends. That is a frustrating sport. Man. I have so many comedian friends. My dad, before he passed, was trying to get me into golf, and I'm just like, it. I, Can't do it. I'm not into it. I'd rather go to the right. I'd rather go to the gun range or go to the batting cage. Sure. Just, All right. So two things I have, well, three things I have to ask you before you go. Okay. Because, uh, you know, we again, we come from the same place. Yep. Our football team is here in Las Vegas. Uh-huh. Have you accepted that? I, you, no, you, I still call them the Oakland Raiders. You do? Okay. Do you support them still? Oh, definitely. I'm a diehard Raider fan. Okay. How do you feel about uh, their offseason and where they're headed for this year? Um, I think it was time for Derek Carr to go. Okay. Uh, he had 
I think he had enough time. He had enough chances, enough opportunities. Um, we need a secondary. We our our, our thing is defense. Like, Always has been the thing. Like we can yeah. we can score. We just can't hold anybody. Right. You know. So we need we need some good. Why we let Khalil Mack go? I still don't Not understand overhead. that. I still don't understand that one. But we need to, we need some good. We need a good secondary. We need some good linebackers. Now, what um, do you think about Devonte now? Kind of like. Not being quiet, you know. I mean, what he said the other day, I was like, "Whoa!" Wait, what did he say? I didn't hear. Oh, it. about uh, I, you know, they've got an idea of what they want to do. We'll see. I guess I'm not so sure myself. So he's talking about Jimmy G, you know. I, I mean, Derek was his was his guy. Oh yeah, well yeah. you know they played in college together yeah. and everything. I, my thing is, I don't know. I grew up playing sports my whole life. I'm like super competitive. Um, if I'm not winning, I'm not happy. Yeah. And I mean. I, I think that's where he's coming from. Yeah, I mean, I don't care how much money you're paying me. If I'm not, if I'm losing, I'm not happy. I'm yeah. not, you know, I don't. So what do you think about Josh McDaniels as a coach? That's what I thought. Same answer. <laughs> I just, I, I really, to be honest with you, I think the person who should have gotten another year was Rich. Del Rio. Oh, Jack Del Rio. Del Rio okay. should have gotten. Del Rio should have gotten. I one thought you were going to say Rich Biscaccia. I think Del Rio should have gotten one more year. I mean, that was like the that was like a that was like a movie. You yeah, know, but Mark wanted uh, hometown, John, John Gruden, there. hometown guy, and you know, but it was but see, he was going back to the past, the old Gruden. Yeah. You know, Gruden comes from a different era. Like coaches like Gruden, uh, what's the guy who was the linebacker for the Bears, uh, Mike Singletary. Yeah. You know, these guys are these guys are 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 old school athletes. They can't relate to a lot of these, Younger you know, these kids. new. Yeah, these these dudes. They're worried about. They're more worried about making the top ten on Sports Center than, you know, going out and and winning a division and yeah. stuff like that. They think, you know, if I'm getting paid and I got endorsements, like I said, if I I don't care if you pay me thirty million dollars a year. If I'm losing, I'm not going to be happy. It's a very good way to look at it. All right. So, what do you predict the Raiders' record to be? Uh, this year, I would I would love to see. I would love to see ten and six. Okay, I would love to see ten and six. Do you think that's realistic? I do. I do. Because I went through the schedule, yeah. I was like, lost, lost. I mean, lost. because last year we lost like four games by like one point. Yeah. You know, there, there were like a lot of games, a lot that, of leads that yeah. we gave right back. Yeah, there were a lot of lot of games that we could. So there's that out. defense again. So exactly. Score exactly. enough points to win, you should be able to win. Exactly. So, all right, Oakland A's. Let's move over to baseball. That's another one of those teams you grew up with, and yeah. now there's a possibility they might be coming here, although that's still up in the air. They put out a release today that said nothing, really. It just had a bunch of quotes from people saying what we already knew. Mm-hmm. Still haven't seen a plan. Still haven't seen an architect. Still haven't seen any renderings. You know, so And they've jumped from location to location since they said they were coming. So what do you think? I miss the days of the Bash brothers. Uh, when I grew up in Oakland, you know, we got to see the... The Vita Blues, the Reggie Jacksons, yeah. all those guys, you know, and then moving on to Ricky Henderson. Remember when the A's had Ricky Henderson in left, Tony Armas was in like right, right and Dwayne Murphy was yeah. in the same. We had the best outfield. So we grew up watching the A's and they were good for so long. But now it's like this owner, he doesn't want to spend money. Um, well, the same owner is going to be here. Yeah, we had the worst record. But I think now they, cause they kept saying, oh, you know, Oakland, it's a small market. It's a small market. I'm like, how can you say the Bay Area is a small market? Yeah. So this is the 40th largest just media market Las Vegas. Okay. The Bay Area is 5th. Okay? So I think they just wanted a new stadium, which I thought that the they mayor They were about to get it. Yeah, I thought the mayor should have I think you know given it to them. They were they apparently were just going to go into uh mediation like 3 mm-hmm. days later mm-hmm. when they announced, "Okay, we're only going to focus on Vegas now." Which to me sent off a big red flag. That means, "Okay, you don't have any money." 
I think Mr. Fisher doesn't is not doing as well as he would like thing, us to believe. You know what's funny is I tell people I remember when they first I was coming up here doing shows and I remember when they first started building uh the Raiders new facility up here. Yeah. And when I saw it when it was completed, like every time I see it now and then I go when I go back to the Bay and I look at the Coliseum, I'm like, you know, growing up in the Coliseum with the, in Oakland, the Coliseum, you thought, oh man, we got, you know, we have a nice field. We have yeah. a Coliseum. What going back now, you look at it and you're like, wow, this is really old. Sure. Like this is really, really old. So I mean, like, have you, have do you go to aviator games? Like I go to aviator I games. Do. It's beautiful. Beautiful park. Yeah. Beautiful park. And I mean, you can't tell me that they couldn't come up with that money in the Bay area. I mean, yeah. well, according to them, they were $88 million apart. And now it's it's like they're looking for what four hundred million from the public, and then but they want the public to build the stadium. And then I mean the thing out here, you know the 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 whatever wherever the the A's play is going to have to have a dome. Well, they were saying retractable. Yeah, it has to be retractable. But now because of its proximity to the airport, mm-hmm. the FAA may require. Because of the lights from coming from oh. the stadium, that could mess up a pilot trying to land or take off. Oh. So they're saying it might have to be a dome, not a retractable roof, but right. an actual yeah. dome yeah. to keep the lights inside. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, nobody's. And I, I love baseball. Is always my first love. Right. So, but I'm not. <laughs> I don't care how good you are. I'm not sitting <laughs> out watching nine innings in July yeah. in Vegas. It's nope. not going to happen. Not going to happen. But. Well, see. So I always felt like with the Coliseum. That as far as location goes, you couldn't get any better in terms of oh. egress and you know being able to get off BART, being yeah. able to get off a yeah. Amtrak train, yeah. coming from Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Plenty of parking, yep. room to tailgate, all yep. of that. Yep. Why didn't they? I still don't understand this. Why didn't they just say, okay, look, we're gonna we're gonna knock down the old place as soon as the new place is built. We're gonna mm-hmm. build it right next door. Yeah. You know where Malibu Grand Prix was, yeah. right? Yep. Plenty of room over yep. there. They have over 100 acres. Yeah, still nothing over there. Right. And now they're going to be on nine acres on the very back of the Tropicana. Like, you won't be able to see it from the strip. Like, the one thing about out here, like, people that, like, if you never went to a Raider game at the, at the Oakland Coliseum yeah. and saw how the people were tailgating, like, I knew people that went to the, to Raider games that never went in to see the game. They tailgated yeah, sure. the whole time and they Raider would listen to the, yeah, and they would listen to the game on the radio. Well, somebody has to watch those charcoal. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no one, like, they don't tailgate like that out here. No. Nope. Like, they don't, they don't do it. So, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I, if the A's come out here, I just hope that they can, they'll finally start spending some money and getting some. He didn't spend it with the earthquakes. Yeah. After he built that stadium. Yeah. He hasn't spent it with the A's. What makes yeah. you think all of a sudden John Fisher's going to open up his wallet? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. He should be, I don't know. They should, he should have to sell the team. There you go. He should have to sell the team. All right. So you have it here first, folks. Kirk McHenry. He should sell the team. End quote. <laughs> I knew I could get you to come around Man, my way. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is kind of weird that our both of the teams we grew up with, and I mean mm-hmm. literally grew up with, and this has been my point all along, it's an heirloom at this point. It's 55 years of tradition. My son was mm-hmm. raised loving the A's like his daddy did, yeah. and now his son loves the A's like yeah. his daddy yeah. and his grandpa did. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. How do you replace that? You know, just for just so you have something else on the strip. I I don't know. I I just remember, like I said, growing up watching A's and everything, and I remember my mom's job when I was in high school. They used to get tickets to the A's game, and they would take clients to the to the games. Yeah. And and uh, if they didn't use them, they would give them to me. Yeah. And I just remember we would have tickets on the first base. Hop the fence, man. Who are you talking? About? <laughs> no, <laughs> we would we would sit on the first baseline, and I mean, like right down by the field, and we sure. would watch. I mean, just like I said, I just. So many members of seeing Ricky Henderson stealing bases. I was actually at the A's game.